Welcome to the Not All Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and this is episode number 412. As part of our Smithsonian Associates author interview series, our guest today is a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, a contributing investigative reporter at the Washington Post, and author of the new book, Citizen 865, The Hunt for Hitler's Hidden Soldiers in America. Debbie Sensiper's new book delves into the hunt for Nazi war criminals who entered the United States after World War II, unbeknownst to American immigration authorities. Debbie Sensiper will be appearing at the Smithsonian Associates program Thursday, December 5th, 2019. Details are available on our website, and the title of her presentation is Delayed Justice, The Hunt for Hitler's Hidden Soldiers in America. Drawing on her new book, Citizen 865, The Hunt for Hitler's Hidden Soldiers in America, Debbie Sensiber unfolds the harrowing wartime journeys of two Jewish orphans from occupied Poland who outran the Travniki men and settled in the United States only to learn that some of their one-time captors had as well. Debbie Sensiber traces how a tenacious team of prosecutors and historians sought to hold the Trevniki men accountable for their crimes decades after the wars and unraveling the details behind the most lethal killing operation in World War II and battled to the present day to remove them from American soil. In 1990, in a drafty basement archive in Prague, two American historians made a startling discovery a Nazi roster from 1945 that no Western investigator had ever seen. The long forgotten document containing more than 700 names helped unravel the details behind the most lethal killing operation in World War II. In the tiny Polish village of Travniki, the SS set up a school for mass murder and then recruited a roving army of foot soldiers 5,000 men strong to help annihilate the Jewish population of occupied Poland. After the war, some of these men vanished, making their way to the U.S. and blending into communities across America, though they participated in some of the most unspeakable crimes of the Holocaust. Travniki men spent years hiding in plain sight, their terrible secrets intact. That, of course, is our guest today, author Debbie Sensiber, reading from her new book, Citizen 865, The Hunt for Hitler's Hidden Soldiers in America. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show, Smithsonian Associates author interview series, investigative reporter, Debbie Sensiber. Debbie Sensiber, thank you so much for joining the program today. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. This is really an important subject. It's also one that is fascinating. I was completely unaware of it, and I want to get into it with you, but why don't you tell us briefly about your upcoming Smithsonian Associates program? Yeah, I'm so excited to be back with the Smithsonian Associates. This is my second nonfiction book, and I will be talking to um, the Smithsonian audience about uh, Citizen 865, how this book got started, and perhaps more importantly, why the theme of this book is so relevant today. It's so important right now, uh, given what we're seeing uh, in America and abroad with uh, rising numbers of hate crimes, anti-Semitism, backlash against many marginalized groups. I really feel like the message here is more important now than perhaps at any other time 
in recent history. I just agree with you so much. As I say, I think this is important, and uh, you've said as much. I think, though, many of my audience may be unfamiliar, as I was, about the Traniki men. Am I saying that right? Traniki men? Yes, it's actually pronounced with a V, Travniki men, though it doesn't have a V. Travniki men. Yes. Travniki men. Good. Thank you. So tell us about the Travniki men and and the U.S. Justice, Justice Department's quest, really, to deport these Travniki men. Yes, exactly. And I'll tell you, I didn't know about the Travniki men either, which is what drew me to this story. Um, and in fact, Western investigators didn't fully understand what Travniki was and what, how much of a role it played in the annihilation of the Jews of occupied Poland uh, until, you know, only recent years. It was really an unexplored sliver of Holocaust history. It's kind of like just when you think you, you know everything there is to know about the Holocaust, something else uh, comes to light, and that's what happened here. Essentially, Travniki um, was a school for mass murder in a tiny farming village south of Warsaw called Travniki. And in the early years of the war, the SS set up a training camp for not for Germans, uh, members of the SS or the Nazi party, but for um, uh, Ukrainians, Lithuanians, Latvians, um, former uh, Soviet POWs uh, that they pulled from Soviet POW camps and then recruited to fight for the SS. And over time, the SS built a small army of foot soldiers, uh, maybe not so small now that I'm thinking about it, but 5,000 men who were then armed, trained, empowered, and deployed to the Jewish ghettos um, and death camps of occupied Poland. These men, uh, one historian at the Justice Department calls them the foot soldiers of the Third Reich. Uh, these men participated in some of the most brutal, bloodiest jobs of occupied Poland. Um, they participated in mass shooting operations. They guarded uh, the prisoners of death camps. They operated gas chambers. Uh, they very violently liquidated the Jewish ghettos. And they really were, um, you know, a roving army for the SS, which did not have the manpower um, to kill so many people so quickly because the Germans were busy fighting on the Soviet front. And so the Travniki men served on the front line in occupied Poland. And without this small army of men, there's no way the SS could have killed so many people so quickly. Um, with the help of the Travniki men, 1.7 million Polish Jews were killed in fewer than 20 months. And so that, that's what Travniki was. In the West, we didn't really know about this too, too much in the West. We knew there was a training camp. We knew that um, these men worked in the ghettos and in the death centers. But until the Department of Justice got involved, we really didn't understand the scope of this camp, how this operation worked. And the reason the Justice Department was able to find out about it is because when communism collapsed, historians inside this tiny Nazi hunting unit in the Justice Department were able to get into the archives in Eastern Europe. They were able to see um, 
Nazi rosters and records in Moscow and Prague and Kiev, in places that the communist governments of those uh, of cities and countries hadn't let them in before. And so inside these archives, they found incredible information that shed light finally on not only on this operation, but on the fact that in after the war, these men ditched their uniforms and identification papers and slipped into the United States along with Holocaust survivors and war refugees. We are with Debbie Senzipper. Debbie Senzipper is the author of the new book, Citizen 865, The Hunt for Hitler's Hidden Soldiers in America. Debbie Senzipper will be appearing at the Smithsonian Associates Program coming up here December 5th. The title of the presentation is Delayed Justice, The Hunt for Hitler's Hidden Soldiers in America. In a lot of ways, Debbie Sinsberg, this this is the hunt, and it's almost the mother load for Nazi hunters, it seems. And your excellent book, which is getting rave reviews online, focuses on this Citizen 865. So who is Citizen 865, and and why is this person important? That's a great question. So the most trusted Travniki man found on U.S. soil was a man named Jacob Reimer. Came into the United States in the early 1950s. Uh, he had led platoons of Travniki men in occupied Poland. Reimer um, helped liquidate uh, two Jewish ghettos, very violent liquidations in occupied Poland. And then he fought side by side with the Germans to suppress the uprising in the Warsaw Ghetto. So he was a key key collaborator uh, on the ground in occupied Poland. And then in the early 1950s, he came to the United States by lying about his activities and whereabouts during the war, settled in New York City, eventually opened a wise potato chip franchise, um, and was really living a very quiet life, hiding in plain sight until the Department of Justice Uh, uncovered his past, and then spent many, many years trying to bring him to justice. So he is um, essentially uh, a a key player in the book because his story really illustrates what the Travniki camp was and why this idea of justice uh, was so important to the prosecutors and historians who spent their entire professional uh, careers uh, doing this kind of work. How did the research and the documents and all the information become available on this subject and, and to you? Because it just seems immense, and your your investigative reporting skills really uh, are, are so well-known, but you must have had to really work to get some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've been an investigative reporter for 25 years now, um, most recently at the Washington Post, and I really felt like documents, you know, they're, you know I'm so used to documents reporting, but this was as you said, just a whole different level because it was really understanding history. And there was no way I could have done that without the help of the historians uh, who uncovered Travniki. So I was able to retrace their steps. I traveled to four countries. Um, I did an extensive amount of reporting in Poland and in the Czech Republic in Prague also in Vienna. And I spent hours and hours with the historians learning about their work 
and then digging into the archives here in Washington in the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum, looking at old records and photos. And um, I was actually able, and this is described in the book, it's one of my favorite scenes in the book, but to go to Prague and find an original Nazi roster that the historians were able to find in 1990 that listed the names of 700 Travniki men. And on this roster, they found men that were living in the United States, including Jacob Reimer, Citizen 865. So it was an incredible experience for me to actually find those documents. I had to put gloves on because they don't want the ink on your fingers to, I guess, get it, you know, mess up original historical documents. But I was, I was so happy to be able to retrace their steps, get inside their lives, their minds, their thinking to report this book, to report the story of this book. Both of us have agreed that the story is an important one. However, and, and the book is wonderful, some of the scenes of barbarism in the book displayed uh, by the Trevniki men are, are horrifying and uh, even unimaginable. Why was it so important to you to tell these stories, horrific as they are? Thank you for asking that question. So I, we can all agree that the Holocaust does not need dramatizing. I mean, it, it, it is what it is, and it was horrific, and it was, it's almost unbearable to think about, let alone write about. But I, can't, I could not accurately describe the work of the Travniki men without explaining what they were doing in occupied Poland. And so, yes, they did go um, into a Jewish orphanage and shoot, you know, the children along with their caregivers. And um, they did participate in shooting operations. Jacob Reimer, Citizen 865, admitted to participating in a shooting operation in the woods outside of Travniki. So, in order for me to tell the story, you know, the I had to explain what they did in Poland, and they really were um, foot soldiers in every sense of the word. In fact, Jewish survivors often describe these men as more violent than the SS. They were absolutely feared. They didn't know who they were. They didn't know anything about a training camp, but they knew that these men in black coats and black caps um, were incredibly violent and were willing to show it on a daily basis. So I couldn't tell the story without showing that side of, of the operation. It was what made this operation in occupied Poland so successful, unfortunately. One of the things that I like to tell readers and audiences is that this is a book that, yes, it's about darkness, but it also is about light. It left me as a journalist and as a human being um, feeling very hopeful that there are men and women um, out there who truly believe in justice, not revenge, not retribution, but justice. And their journey is was absolutely remarkable. So while the story has some dark moments in it, I was I found myself cheering at the end um, for the men and women who fought so hard uh, years after the war to bring these men to justice. Unfortunately, indeed, a powerful story, wonderfully written. Debbie Sensiber has been our guest today. I'll just say to my audience directly, Debbie Sensiber, 
they need to come see you and hear you discuss Citizen 865. Debbie Sensiper will be at the Smithsonian Associates program presenting Delayed Justice, The Hunt for Hitler's Hidden Soldiers in America, December 5th. Thank you so much for your time today, Debbie Sensiper. We really appreciate it. We look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to being with you next week. My thanks to investigative reporter, author, Debbie Sensiper, who will be appearing at the Smithsonian Associates Program Thursday, December 5th, 2019, and details are available on our website. The title of Debbie Sensiper's presentation is Delayed Justice, The Hunt for Hitler's Hidden Soldiers in America. My thanks, as always, to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show, and to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience, for your time. I know it's valuable, and I appreciate you joining me today. Talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody.